Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to 32 Fans. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, you are the reigning Renapoli Feud champion, so congratulations. Uh, yeah, I usually don't win those games when I play against Rob, so what an honor. Well, you won because of Stephen Fishbach. Well, no, but I crushed it in... Uh, and, I put it down. And in, Nicole I, Horn. Nicole was very good, but I put down an all-time yeah. performance in, in the Fast Money's uh, spot. Yeah, I mean, going for like Monopoly had sixty six out of one hundred. I I skewed it so that the so that fast money would almost certainly be one. Somebody said you messed up the math. Somebody said well, I only got one seventy, not one ninety, and that so I didn't hit the two fifty. Oh, well, whatever. Sorry. Yeah, the PowerPoint sort of hit the fritz, and so I was doing it by hand. And it, it's sort of like when you're hosting, you know, the commissioner of a fantasy football auction. Mm-hmm. There's so much stuff going on that yeah. you can't even co- concentrate on all at all on your team. Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, and we'll... it's sort of the same way. Like running that podcast, I was trying to do that game. I was trying to do so many things. I was deflecting attacks left and right, um, and so it was hard to really focus on anything. Um, but uh, you know, it seems like people liked it, so that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, yeah, no, yep. very popular. Uh, I'd say that maybe the most sort of controversial shows we've done on Renap are the um the tv theme song bracket in this like you you probably think every week we just get like ten thousand ats on twitter and and that's just how life is but you know it, it, we need chester to come on to really get so much controversy yeah i didn't realize i was so controversial but let's jump in mm-hmm. to more controversy you uh a couple of weeks ago we started ranking uh you started ranking i've got nothing to do with this the top 50 uh sports announcer calls of the last 30 years mm-hmm we did 50 to 41 last week on the patron side. Uh, now on the regular feed, we're dropping 40 to 31. I think we'll drop 50 to 41 here as well so that uh, people who are listening to this will know what they miss. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, I'm looking at 40 to 31. I'm very underwhelmed. I think this episode is worse than last week's. But I'll, I'll, I'll rip you a new one as we go through. Well, it. maybe, yeah, maybe that was my plan to um, to get people in with some really good ones. I will say from 25 to 1. It's perfect. Like there's from yeah, twenty all good. From twenty five to one, we haven't got that far. Uh, I'd say yeah. This week and the first half of next week, it's like one on one off. I, I, I listen. You could fight me on individual ones. I know the first one we're starting with is dynamite. So let's start there. Um, right. I'm going to take you back to um, an NCAA tournament game between Syracuse and Vermont. Do you remember this game? Four yeah. seeded Syracuse. Of course I do. Thirteen yes. seeded Vermont. A classic NCAA tournament game. Uh, and the, it's going to be our first experience with the great Gus Johnson. Gus Johnson, sadly, does not do March Madness anymore. Really, Gus Johnson was like early internet, like the pre-Twitter internet, was like the most popular person in the world. 
there's certain people like Gus Johnson, Gilbert Arenas, who like owned the early part of the internet, but like barely yeah. exists now on the internet. They they just flew too close to the sun too quickly. Gus needs to come back. If there's ever March Madness again, Gus needs to come back and do March Madness. He's all he does is like a couple. You know, he does one college football game a week um, on Fox, which is never like the main game. It's always like a Pac-12 game, and he does a couple like eh. Uh, college basketball. He's so out of it, Gus. We we need Gus back in our lives. Anyway, uh, this was one of Gus's finest moments. It's not the only Gus clip on the list, but let's watch uh, what happens between Syracuse and Vermont in the 2005 NCAA tournament, the first round of 413 matchup. And we're in overtime now. It's 56-55 Vermont looking for the upset. Yep. All right. Let's watch. Now Vermont pulls it out. Fans chanting. UVM. Let me tell you once again, comes down to fundamentals. Oh, my goodness! Sorrentine hit that one from the parking lot. And Vermont has a 59-55 lead. 106 to go at OT. From the parking lot. I mean, that is like Steph Curry range. Back then, you never, ever saw that. Now, because of Steph Curry yeah. and Dame Lillard, like, people are, like, spoiled. Yeah. And they're like, okay, fine. He hit, like, a 35-foot shot to win. Like, that, that ha- you know, we've seen Dame Lillard do it to win playoff games in the NBA. No, no, no. That never, yeah. ever, It, it will be hard happened. to explain to, like, our children that this was, like, a, an absurd shot. Like, if he yeah. misses that, like, the coach calls a timeout and, like, never plays him again. That's how crazy yeah. it was. But, yeah, it it's a good point. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Who el- Who is in that game? I mean, look, that's a great one, obviously. Gus yeah. Johnson, always great. Yeah, so Hakeem Warwick in that game, 21-12 and 12 with 10 turnovers, so a triple-double. Uh, I guess the 10 turnovers against Vermont, yeah, like you said, should have been a clue that maybe it wouldn't happen for him, like most Syracuse grads in the NBA. Taylor Kopp- Coppenrath, he was, a, he was a hero of March who did not play in the NBA. I don't think TJ, I think TJ Sarantin, those guys were both like very good European players, if I remember correctly. Um, but nobody from this game really goes on to a serious NBA career. Warwick plays a lot, but he's never good. Um, yeah, he had a fine career in the NBA. He's not a star, but you know. Yeah, no, he, he well, he was drafted pretty highly. If you had to right? guess his career earnings. I'm going to say 38 million dollars. He might have signed the big contract, yeah, because it was still when size was exciting. Um, Do you want to go over or under my my call of 30? I'm going to say over. If he signed the big contract, yeah. it'll be over. Yeah, yeah, he probably played what like seven or eight years at least. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm probably actually too low. Decent rookie deal, and then one solid contract, and then never gets a third contract. That's my guess. Yeah. Um. Let's see. My computer is being very slow, really uh, amping up the drama here. Uh, oh, only $21 million. Yeah, maybe we went too high. What was the second contract? Yeah, never made more than 4.2 in a season, so tough times for Hakeem Warwick. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah, I guess he, he never got one of those, like, three-year $32 million contracts that was regretted within a week. Oh, well. Yeah, he, yeah, he got – it looks like he signed a four – so he got his rookie contract, and then he signed one year, one contract after that for, it looks like, about four, uh, four for 15. Okay. All right, so whatever, not bad. I'd take it. Yeah, it's fifteen right. million more than so, yeah. I've heard so, in the he, last year. He can work on the wrong side of that one, but yeah, he uh, he had a better uh, professional career than TJ Sorrentine. So congrats to him. This next one is is okay. I'm not going to complain as much as I am for some of the later ones you have on the list, which is this is like a very famous moment, but the call is not that great. But tell us what. I'll it is. tell you number why 39. I like the call after we hear it. So uh, number thirty nine is a game between the New York Yankees and Elaine Bennis's Baltimore Orioles uh, in yes. the 1995. Ni- am I correct? Ninety six ALCS. 96, okay, yeah. The 95 so, uh, ALCS features, would not have It features someone who's basically uh, our exact age, is, is he not? Oh, no, the 95 ALCS did have the Yankees, but it was against the Indians, right? Because the Indians... Yes, yeah. Jeffrey Meyer yeah. is our exact age. He's our contemporary, a 1983 boy. 
Uh, Fellow Jew from Long Island, I would assume. I don't think he's Jewish. I, I, th- I don't think he's Jewish, uh, Jeffrey Meyer. There's no way he's not Jewish. I'm pretty sure he was not Jewish. He is, I, I feel like we would have taken credit from. Hold on. And there would have been like anti-Semitism. Hold on. Jeffrey, uh, Meyer. Jeffrey Meyer. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's in a book about um, American Jews and baseball. So I guess he is Jewish. All right. Uh, yeah, Jeffrey Meyer, fan and tenth player, American Jews and America's Game, voices of a growing. Le- yeah, what do you think, Jeffrey Meyer? Meyer, up Meyer to now? conducted for the book c- discusses Meyer's American Jewish baseball and life experiences from youth to the present. He's oh, he's from New Jersey, by the way. Ah, uh, yeah. Went to Wesleyan like my dad. I actually knew that. He played baseball there. I knew that. Um. Uh. Yep. Yeah. All right. He's baseball. Uh, he's Wesleyan's career hits hitter. Hitter leader. All right. Okay. So let's uh, now that we've spoiled it for everybody, it's it's Jeffrey Meyer robbing a home run, uh, in a, or uh, robbing from the Orioles a home run to gift a home run. I to believe Jared he's Jr. robbing I Tony could, Tarasco. Is the uh, whatever I mangled the syntax there. If you know what this is, if you don't know what this is, then well, I think a lot of the younger young listeners have never heard have never heard of this play. It was so famous when we were kids, but it went away. All right, so I, let's listen to the call, and then and then you'll, we'll explain the play. Yeah. Last time up, he stranded two. The Yankees have left ten men on base, including the bases loaded in the seventh. And two runners in both the fifth and the sixth. In right field, Tarasco going back to the track, to the wall. And what happens here? He contends that a fan reaches up and touches it. But Richie Garcia says It's no. such an easy catch for Tarasco. Yeah. You know? No, it's a real robbing. It's not one of these 50-50 plays also. So, again, like last time we did this, in the show notes, we will include links to all 10 plays on YouTube. Because yes. these are really more enjoyable as a video than yeah. as an audio. Absolutely. But, Akiva, uh, in case there's a listener who's only a listener, not yeah. a watcher, tell them uh, what's happening. Armando Benitez is about to, is about to pummel an umpire. Yeah. Uh, Benitez so Akiva, is a scary tell guy. Tell the listeners what just happened. Okay, so uh, Derek Jeter... Hits a, a deep fly, but Tony Tarasco is under it, under the nobody beats the whiz sign. Speaking of Seinfeld. By the way, that ball must have been in the air a while because Tarasco's not running. He's standing there calling yes, casually. Yes, very straight. Well, it's I don't think the the old Yankee Stadium right field was that deep, but yeah, it's a good point. It's a short porch. It's a yeah. weird It's a weird look for the outfielder to be under, like, waiting for a catch with his butt on the fence for, like, four yeah. seconds. And yeah. the ball is falling down. He is easily going to catch it. A fan reaches over. Takes the takes that hit away. It takes Jeter's ball. Thirteen year old Jewish boy. Yes, celebrating his bar mitzvah. At yes, Yankee Stadium. Yeah, happy bar mitzvah. He's not even thirteen yet, and he um, steals the ball from Tony Tarasco, and chaos ensues. Uh, and yes. I like the call because Costas is, gets so pedantic immediately. He contends like like you know he he never stops speaking for a second. I I love Costas' call here. You you said to me, oh, you just picked famous. Uh, Famous calls. I really didn't do that. I believe there are either zero or one clips from the Super Bowl in the entire top 50. Like, I really did not just pick famous games. There's a lot of regular season games. Uh, this is a semi-famous game that has also mostly been forgotten, and I just uh, I wanted to get a little Costas in here. Although I do think we will see Costas um, one more time. in the. But for a different sport, we will see Costas uh, later in, yes. in the okay. rankings. All right, so that was Jeffrey Meyer at 39. Uh, we have not we we had hockey, but we have not had the NHL yet, right? We had Olympic hockey at forty seven. Sidney Crosby's golden goal. Uh, this you will not be able to argue. This is a wonderful call, uh, but I did break my rule. I've o- I only do it about three times during the series. Uh, this no, actually, this is not no because in the NHL, Alex, I'm sure you know this. Uh, you get your local announcers I, until the Stanley Cup Finals, right? For the early season, for the early round playoff games. 
your games are like. If you're uh, a Ranger, if you're the Rangers and you're in the second round of the, of the hockey playoffs, your games are on MSG, right? No, they they play them nationally. They play them on ESPN. But they're blo- but they're blacked out. They're blacked out locally, and 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 you get the MSG version. Okay, so you have to realize that I've literally never lived in Minnesota during these. Yes, I, I realized that while we spoke. But yes, because I know yeah, this. So I have no idea. Every because we have other calls like this. I watch too. the Wild in the playoffs, mm-hmm. but I watch every Wild game in the playoffs. Back you know yes. back in college when they went to the conference finals was on ESPN. Now it's on yes. NBC. But yeah, but I'm watching national now. So, so this no is idea. the rare local TV. Um, playoff call, and we will. This is one of two in in the countdown, but the only one tonight. Do you know Jack Edwards? I mean, I'm I've heard I'm familiar with him. So Jack Edwards, like was, the announcer for the Bruins. Yes, he was a big Sports Center anchor. He wasn't one of the biggest ones, but he was like when Sports Center was at its absolute apex. And then they had him be the voice of the nineteen of the two thousand two World Cup. And the truth is, I could have included, and maybe I'll put it in uh, as like a bonus uh, in one of the other ones. He has a. Uh, an amazing call when the United States beats Portugal, stuns Portugal to open the 2002 World Cup, and he and he yells, "Mine eyes have seen the glory!" Like totally yeah. unironically. <laughs> so I always yeah. love Jack Edwards. Uh, he did not make it to ESPN, but he's he's you know maybe the most famous or one of the most famous hockey announcers. An insane homer goes totally over the top. This is different. The clip I gave you, and you could maybe include both if you want. You just see him. Uh, I, I like watching him. The play is in the background. There's a TV. Um, but what's going on in this series is this is from May thirteenth, uh, two th- thousand thirteen. Game seven, the Boston Bruins, Toronto Maple Leafs. It's four one Maple Leafs. The Blue- Bruins tie it up, and uh, here's what happens next. Okay, Marshawn to Bergeron, the drive save, rebound is loose. Sagan kicks it loose. Bergeron scores. Funny because his suit is buttoned up the entire game. Yeah, so formal. Yeah, so yeah. Well, they are on TV a lot, but I, I love how animated Jack Edwards gets. Also, like, how much money is? In, I, I know this is a TV game, but like, I always wonder, like, how many people are listening to like the Islanders game on the radio? Like, is it even worth sending? Like, two. You got two play-by-play guys, a producer, multiple tech people. Easy. Like, how? Who's making money off radio hockey games on the radio? It always blew my mind well, in 2020. Well, I mean, honestly, and it's sort of the same, frankly, with like NFL games. I think that the purpose of the radio announcers is for embedding their local audio over the video clips on, on YouTube and on SportsCenter and on Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think that's the main purpose. A big play. Because they've always existed. I don't. I, I yeah, think that's I like an but, but, but like, yeah, but have you ever listened to a Jets game on the radio? Yeah, in my life, of course. Like you're stuck, you know, back in the old days, like you would you would go somewhere, you'd stuck yeah, many but, but games. Today, w- what circumstance today would you not have access to video? Uh, yeah, I would. I would like if well, the internet was today, down. About the old yeah, if, I, like I guess in, if the internet's down and you live in New York, you could listen on the radio. That's really the only answer. Or you could watch TV. So it doesn't matter. So there's yeah. no, there's no, um, there's really no. It's like when you're scenario. driving, but now when you're driving, you got a screen in your hand. Yeah, so. no, it, it doesn't. Not that I'm encouraging people to watch, uh, you know, watch, look at their phones while they're driving. Of course, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I will say that the the only I I sign up for Sirius uh, Radio uh, every fall specifically for the purpose of having access to the radio calls of every single NFL game. So <laughs> I just said no one does it, and then and so when I'm driving around on Sunday afternoons, I enjoy it a lot. So okay, actually. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so all I'm right. That guy. Uh, I like to mix up 
you know, the sports, we have double-digit amount of sports on this list. Uh, it's not all football and baseball. Um, but this is our this is our best horse racing clip, in my opinion, uh, to pick. And this, we're going to the 2015 Belmont Stakes. And uh, we are looking for the first Triple Crown since 1978. So we got 37 years since Affirmed won the Triple Crown in 1978. There's been a we've, l- a lot, we've had a lot of teases. We've had a lot of, you know, they get the first two. They get the first two and miss, I think, like six times. It's happened since then, at least. And then uh, here is uh, American Pharaoh, uh, owned by Ahmed Zayet. Uh, Member of the tribe. Yes, of, yes for sure. Uh, Orthodox or Orthodox adjacent. And uh, bo- trained yeah. by Bob Baffert. And uh, here we go. Here's, here's the uh, down the stretch they come. American Pharaoh frosted Fermento. Yeah, they call they call it the most exciting two minutes in sports, but we are going to uh, give you the most exciting forty seconds of the most exciting two minutes. And American Pharaoh kicks away. American Pharaoh has opened up a two-length lead as they come to the top of the stretch. And Frosted has moved up into second. And they're into the stretch. And American Pharaoh makes his run for glory as they come into the final furlong. Frosted is second with one-eighth of a mile to go. American Pharaoh's got a two-length lead. Frosted is all out at the 16th pole. And here it is. The 37-year wait is over. American Pharaoh is finally the one. American Pharaoh has won the Triple Crown. So, of course, this uh, race takes place on Saturday in midday. Mm -hmm. So I did not see it live. Nope. But I was walking down the street on the Upper East Side of Manhattan with my family. And I happened to run into someone I know, and he was dressed very, very well, too well for a Saturday afternoon. And it's not because he was coming from synagogue. It's because he was coming from like a fancy, uh, right. uh, you know, uh, horse racing watching party. And he screams across the street at me. He did it. He did it. A triple crown. And it was actually like I was actually kind of excited, honestly. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I, I don't I, that, care, that person is but. assuming way too much that uh, like people care way too much about uh you know, I mean, but I clearly racing. knew what he was talking about. I know. I mean, it, it was a big. It, it was, was he a, a friend was a of the Zayet? No, he was just a guy who wanted a, to have a social activity on a Saturday afternoon. People are getting together, go to the bar to watch. Yeah, the, I guess uh, that know. is cool. Like one of the cool things about horse racing, you know, is if you live in Kentucky or Pimlico, you know, if you live near Pimlico or, you know, if you want to see a Triple Crown in the New York area, you could just go. Like it's two dollars a ticket, right? They just want people to come in and gamble, and there's a hundred something thousand. So it's not like it gets sold out ever. I don't think. Like you could see. Oh, like, I, I assumed it did. No, no, no you could see like an incredible sports moment. You could see a Triple Crown for a couple bucks. It's, it's, you know. Yeah, I don't know how much you could see from like you know your. That's a good point, but like. yeah, it's still I'm sure exciting. Like it's hard. There aren't also, a lot of other sports. Also, it's two hour, two minutes of excitement, and you're there for like eight. You hours, could still gamble right? on. No, and it's not eight hours. It's like an hour and a half, two hours, I think. And you yeah, could gamble okay. on all of it. It's a good. It's a good deal. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, hold on, hold on. I got to pause for a second. I, I got I to gotta give a prune to my baby. One second. Sorry. Okay. Got to give a prune. All right, so you got your horses, uh, mm-hmm. so you can check that box. You're trying to get as many different sports as possible. That's fine. Yeah, um, it's all about yeah. representation. The horses, we're going to get jealous. All right, this this next one is a, a well-known uh, you know, curmudgeon crank uh, announcer. Yeah, the biggest that, uh, homer in American sports, possibly. Yeah, so the Twins' biggest rival is the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bi- uh, Twins-White Sox, well-known as the uh, most important rivalry in yeah, American Yeah, but you're sports. not their bi- – like, their biggest rival is, A, probably the Cubs, and then, B – no. The, oh, the Cubs and White Sox don't. I mean, they didn't play each other for a hundred years. They're they're their interleague rival. Like, yeah, let's. I is, is I think Brett is a is a White Sox fan. Let's get the White Sox rival rankings. 
in the, yeah. in the group chat. I, I mean, I'm sure, yes, because they, they deal with, you know, the big brother Cubs fans their whole lot. You might not be top five. They, the Twins might be, like, after the Tigers no and Indians. The, might be no the Royals way. and Twins tied for... <laughs> there's no way they're outside the top two. Let's see. Let's, we're going to get... Well, I mean, Josh Cantor. Are you listening, Josh Cantor? White Sox fan, let us know. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Okay. So anyway, so Hawk Harrelson is a despised uh, individual. Except by his own fans. fans. You love him. He's like Bill Beer. If he's on your team, you love him. If he's not, you don't yeah. like him. Uh, so this is yeah. a regular season White Sox Rays game in 2012. And this yeah. is uh, a category we have, I think, one more of during the top 50. How many 50. people are watching this live? I mean, you look, look at the seats like you can you can you were, see the numbers yeah. on every seat. Oh, no, I didn't mean I didn't mean in the stadium. Oh, in Tampa, because that's because there, the answer is like six thousand. I meant on television total. And, you know, still, I'd say fewer than 100. Well, I think it's a it's a is it like a late September game? Like if it's a late season game, which I think it was zero. If they're both bad. Anyway, this is an announcer meltdown and this is a delight. Yes. Let's play. Okay. To done. Watch out. Threw him out of the ball game. You gotta be beeping me. What in the hell are you doing? You gotta be beeping me. Beeping me. What are you doing, Wagner? He said hell though. I can't even imagine what you the beeping was. You gotta be kidding me. That is so bad. That is absolutely brutal. Harrelson hates umpires so badly. That is unbelievable. Hates them. He hates them. Let's listen to this. I'll tell you what. They have got to start making guys be accountable. That is totally absurd. absurd. That just tells absurd. you he has blue. Here's an umpire <laughs> how, how, in the American What is your accountability plan, Hulk Harrelson? <laughs> That's unbelievable. That's great. If you're not familiar with Hawk Harrelson, uh, how do you think he feels about sabermetrics? <laughs> well, obviously, I AJ bet he loves A.J. Brzezinski, who's the catcher at the behind the yeah. plate in and this, this play. One was thrown Plays the okay, game the right way. Them, but... Below the waist, that, that's such that's a brutal. bad pitch that by really Jose is. Quintana. Also, if you're just listening, like he, he gets kicked out for throwing. It's literally behind. They it hits him behind him, which you don't see often, like the back, the back of the leg. Yeah, no it's like if he was trying to hit him, then he, like he is not a very that's, accurate uh, pitcher. Which makes sense. Quintana no always has like a 142 whip, even when he has a good season. Yeah, it's 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 hard to understand why someone would be so fired up about this, but that's all. Yeah. I mean, it's rare that a starting pitcher gets the boot like that for something that's not completely egregious. But I get, I get why he's mad. All right, so I mean, who cares? Yeah. Honestly, whatever. Fine, great, great job by you. All right, uh, number thirty-five. How is it this low? Let's just play it. You think this should be like number one? Let's. Hey, it's one of the most famous two or three on the list. Yeah, for sure. but I don't, I don't go by fame. I mean, it's a great. All right, okay. Let's. By the way. Uh, can I just say before I press play, I'm looking at like the freeze frame of the zero second mark on this YouTube video. Yeah, the pitcher looks like someone's like 65 year old like obese uncle. I mean, is it who's it? Calvin Chiraldi? Who's pitching? I honestly here? have no. Yes, I think it is actually. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, all right, he's pitching to Mookie. So. Little three-year-old Kiwi would have been the greatest moment of his life. Yeah, it would have been. If I was, like, one year older, could you imagine? Yeah, I mean, look, my twins won the World Series the next year. I have no recollection of it, so. What do you I know? Be like three years older. What do you know about Game 7? Because this is Game 6. The Mets win Game 6, gets by Buckner. Did uh, they win, like, 6 And By the way, it's always called gets by Buckner, but he says gets through Buckner. That's also one of the, 
uh, you know, sort of forgotten things. Uh, Buckner handled this much better than, say, Bartman. I mean, Bartman got never got paid to play baseball. But Buck- yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a difference between a professional baseball player who makes an error yeah. and just a dude in the stands. For sure. Uh, and I just thought it's a little underwhelming, and that's why it's on the list, but it's not number one. Uh, I have all the DVDs. I haven't watched them in many years, but, you know, the Mets, the NLCS against the Mike Scott-led Astros, an incredible series. And then this is, but what, do you know anything about Game 7, the Mets-Red Sox Game 7 the next night? I said, didn't they win 6-1? I'm, I remember making that up. No, so the, the Red Sox actually go up 3-0. Um, what there was a rainout, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the game is Saturday night, and then there's a rainout. So the game uh, allows the what's it called? The pitchers to uh, to pitch. Bruce Turst, I think, pitches. Who was the game one starter? Instead of Oil Can Boyd, and uh, the Red Sox go up three nothing, and then the then the uh, Mets score a whole bunch of runs, and the Mets win uh, eight eight to five. It was uh, six. The Mets went up six three. The Red Sox scored two in the eighth. The Mets had, had two, and then Orozco gets the save uh, in the in the ninth. Strawberry hits a dinger, and Ray Knight hits famously hits a dinger also. Um, yeah, but game seven, not, not very well remembered. Uh, but all right. So, so you said you have a lot of problems with this list, but then there hasn't been anything on this list that doesn't belong in the top 50, in my opinion. I mean, maybe you could say the Jeffrey Meyer thing isn't great, but it's a famous moment and it's a funny, uh, Bob Costas call. Um, this is a little bit obscure for most fans. I, I, have you ever seen number 34 before? Have I ever seen it? Yeah, the next one, we're going to college basketball, number 34, one of the great rivalries in sports, Duke and UNC. It's a 1995 game. To be honest, I don't know. I just, I open up the video, it's called Dick Vitale, uh, Best Calls of All Time. Yes, okay, so we're going to see. So, the, let, so me, it, let me paint the picture So Duke, for you. UNC, what year did you say? Uh, it's 1995, February 2nd, 1995. Uh, Duke is uh, having their, I believe they're 0-7 in the ACC. North Carolina is, and of course it would be nice if like these things were on the screen ever in in the early 90s games and mid-90s games, but they're not. UNC is like a top 10 ranked team, and this is the worst Duke team ever. And we're in overtime, though. Duke is, this is like the biggest moment in ESPN2 history at the time by far. ESPN2 started. They had all these hip ads. If you remember, they had a very cool uh, logo, the ESPN2 logo. Do you remember that at all? Uh, it was like very sloppy. It looked like uh, you know a, a, a cool kid. Yeah, they were it. trying to be like jeans and cool. Like yeah, ESPN it was trying to be like MTV for sports. Now they're exactly identical. Everywhere. It is no difference. There's like ESPN yeah. two then probably had its own like president of the network. Like it was so different. Um, and so this was like, hey, order ESPN two. And I remember I told my parents like, please order it. But I do not believe we had it. I remember this game so well. But I I must have watched it on Sports Center that night. Because I don't think we had got we got it until like the next month or two. They just wasn't available on cable vision in 1995. So Duke almost pulls off the upset in regulation. Now we're in overtime, and uh, um, Sir, what was his name? George Zivic, Sergey, I forget that guy's name. Uh, he's uh, Zubek is involved, and then uh, anyway, so North Carolina misses a free throw. Uh, up, they hit one up two, and now Duke is down three. They have three seconds left. Thirty-eight footer. Boom. It was close to a three, but listen to Dickie V. Is that Stackhouse? Yes, Stackhouse and Wells. So, what, one of the interesting things about this clip versus the other forty-nine is 
Dick Vitale is the analyst, and he just, when he wants, takes over the play-by-play calling on the biggest moments of the year, and there's nothing you could do about it. Uh, and he, like, becomes a fan of, of Duke also, which is pretty wild. But this was my favorite Dickie V moment. This, like, made ESPN2. This was, like, Video Killed the Radio Star. Oh, okay, so I didn't realize that. So I was sort of wondering why. I mean, this is in the middle of a 14-minute long video of great Dick Vitale calls, so I didn't know what made this different than all the other ones. Well, though, I have the whole game. I cut from the whole game, but then I was, like, cutting a three-hour clip. I figured it made more sense. There's a little more there. But, yeah, I love love when he uh, he says he wants to stay in the crowd. Like, you know, they they must have played it on SportsCenter that night because I don't think I watch it live, but it it hit uh, an impressionable young uh, Uncle Kiwi very, uh, very hard. Love Dickie V. Um, there isn't a lot of like sports homerism. There's no biathlon clip or anything on the top 50, Chester. But I did put one, uh, sort of non super like the, you know, Olympics for, for most people, Olympic hockey is still mainstream. You're talking about NHL players, legendary players, one of the most famous moments of an iconic player's career, Sidney Crosby. I don't, I don't think anybody would have a gripe. This is like the 49 for you, one for me, but it is maybe one of the best calls on the list. So, all right, this is USA Women's Cross Country Gold Medal. Yes, this is from the most recent Olympics, the 2018 uh, Pyeongchang Olympics. Pyongyang, I don't know. Okay, because when I saw this, by the way, on the list, yeah, it, it, you know, it says Diggins, and I thought that this was Diggs, Minneapolis Miracle, and I was no, you know, no, no, that'll come, that'll come like, on a later podcast. Um, right, okay, and no, you well, you should have thought it was Skylar Diggins from WNBA. We don't have any WNBA clips. Yeah. Um, but oh, anyway, is this not Skylar Diggins. That's the only Diggins I know. No, so this is Jesse Diggins from Afton, Minnesota. Um, she okay. uh, so the United States has never won a gold medal in only two sports at this point: cross country skiing and biathlon. They have one men's medal by won by Bill Koch in about 1976, a silver. Uh, and this is uh, this is a team relay, which is uh, two people. It's not a full relay. It's you're two fastest. It's a sprint relay. You're two fastest people. And so the winners are always Norway 1, Sweden 2, and then it's usually like Finland 3 and the U.S. coming in like 5th. But uh, So how, how far behind is Diggins when this video starts? Okay, so it's there. What, Diggins is, is like a young star for the Americans. And the other – so it, you each get three turns. So Diggins will be on laps 2, 4, and 6. And then the woman on laps 1, 3, and 5 is like 39 years old. It's the last race basically or the last month of her career. She's now uh, battling cancer. I think she's doing okay. But Diggins is like the young blonde star that they're trying to like pump up and make into a big star. And right now they're even, but they're climbing up this gigantic uh, hill, which you won't always, every cross country, uh, you know, slope or whatever, course is different. So I can't fathom what would ever inspire someone to become a cross country skier. It is really the hardest, I mean, other than biathlon, because you're also carrying I mean, a gun in your back. I mean, you ski, right? I uh, I don't cross country ski though. I've I've uh, no, but you downhill ski. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know what the worst part of skiing is when you're at one lift and you decide that you want to go to another lift. Yeah. and you have to like cross hundred percent for like three hundred yards. No, it's miserable. They uh, all this all the data says that there's two sports that are lapping all the other sports in terms of cardio and it's cycling and cross country skiing. It's it, okay. it's just insane. These these people work out like six hours a day every, you know, they cannot take a day off in the off season. It's literally like sometimes they'll be like, yeah, I only worked out like 900 hours and not 1,200. And that's why it was like went from second to and 47. Are they even making enough money to cover their expenses? Oh, uh, so yeah, um, the, in Norway and Sweden for sure. And then America, it's it's guy, it's governed by the same Alpine Skiing Foundation um, as uh, the cross-country skiers do much better than the biathletes because it's more of a professional operation it's connected to actual you know alpine skiing uh but diggins is a big star now but let, let's watch the last minute of this race it's a little clearer on um on twitter but it's much shorter so i got you a sort of a 
let's, this is like a copy of a copy we're going to watch. The announcer is Ch- uh, Chad Salmola, who knows Diggins very well. I think these people are talking really quickly. They are like really hyperventilating. Yeah. They're, they remember, they're probably calling this in like a box in, in Stanford, Connecticut, if I know the Olympics also, because it's not a major sport. So Dickens is clearly in third. A lot of slipping. And again, just a medal would be incredible. It would be, you know, they haven't won, the U.S. women have never won a medal. Norway fades. I mean, he screams, here comes Dickens, as if she just won like 15 Super Bowls in a row. Akiva, did you cry when this happened? Uh, no, but I was screaming. I mean, I'll tell you, this hap- This race was at 5 a.m. Uh, Eastern time, but it was 9 o'clock. It was noon for me, and I remember thinking, like, oh, the U.S. might win this race. NBC, is, and I was watching the American feed, NBC was not showing it live on, on, like, NBC Sports Network. Forget about NBC proper at 5. They don't show stuff. But Wait, it's like, so you could not see it on, on your no, television No, uh, so I was watching it on the computer because I watch, uh, like, I watch yeah, yeah, on but I'm uh, saying, but, like, an American turns on the TV, they scroll through the various NBC channels. Correct. Unwatchable. Un- you cannot. You could not watch it live. It was you know they played it up. You know at eight o'clock they're like, "Ooh, we got a big thing here," and they played it. And they were going to play it even if she lost. How do they do that in the internet age? It's so dumb. It's very dumb. They're very dumb. And uh, you know, hire me, please. But um, it, yeah, it is. It, it doesn't make any sense. It really bothers me when they do stuff like that. Um, they here the crazier thing, and this isn't a great call. I didn't include it. Was when the snowboarder won the the downhill skiing or the super G, which is which is a different type of downhill, um, different type of alpine skiing, uh, gold medal. Like, and it was totally shocker. They had already gone off the air and said, like, all right, the person because the top nineteen in in downhill skiing are seated, so. Uh, they're like, all right, you know, twenty through thirty or twenty through sixty, like never win. So it's like we're safe to go to another sport. But she was known to be a good story. Like just the person who's gonna win, who's the best downhill snowboarder. It's like you should show her. And they and I'm like, I'm gonna watch it. So I probably the only person on earth who like went to see like skier number twenty six on NBCOlympics.com, and then she won the gold medal, which NBC had was airing the event and didn't show. And then they had to go back and, like, they weren't even announcing it. So they had to go back and pretend to announce it as if it was live when it had already happened. They literally did not have a live announcer on the most iconic moment of the entire Olympics. They're morons. Yeah. Hire you, please. Yeah, hire me, please. Um, so, so uh, all right, that was Here Comes Diggins. Uh, let's go to a famous event. Maybe you think this isn't a great call. I wanted to get a little Chrissy B in here. Chris Berman. One, I'd say the two most important people to my entire childhood, Alex, were Chris Berman and Dick Vitale. So ESPN was very important to me. Uh, and I, I don't think the under 30 crew who's listening understands how big of a deal it was that Cal Ripken played in, you know, broke Lou Gehrig's streak and played in 2,131 and then eventually 400 more straight games, right? I think that we've almost forgotten about that. Yep. Um, here's my issue with this one, though. Yeah. This is not, and, and this is true for both of these, the uh, 32 and 31, the last two on our list today. They are extremely famous sporting moments. Mm-hmm. The calls are garbage. No, I like both calls. It's not so let's. A call. I, I like this call. I like the other one even more. The other one, I th- the next one. The other one's not even a call. It, it, I'm shocked by how subdued they are, given what just happened. But we'll get to it in a second. Okay. All right. So let's watch 32. It's Cal Ripken. So this was the other annoying thing about this was. Mm-hmm. You know, so this was a big deal, and people a little bit younger than us won't realize. Like post strike, like, yeah, this was like this is what. Brought, what? Can you pause for a second? Can you pause for a second? 
So, yes, yeah, it was famously said that this saved baseball. Cal Ripken saves baseball. Yeah. It was a, it was the universal sentiment, even, at the time. And, I, you know, this was this bigger than 98 with McGuire and Sosa? No, I don't think ultimately it was. But at the time, it felt like the biggest thing that had happened in baseball in our lifetimes. You know, the strike yeah, and then the this. The issue with, as a celebration, the game, the moment is marked the first second the game starts, and so they decided, well, we're going to mark well, this no, the, the moment, fifth inning. Because, yes, the moment is marked yeah, when it's an official game. Once the fifth inning, then the game can't be rained out, then it's an official Correct. game, so at that point he's officially gets two. I mean, there's a half-hour so celebration the during the game, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly. Yes, yes. In the, yeah, I watched this whole game. Well, I'm sure everybody yeah. did. But it was such a weird thing that in the middle of the fifth inning, they um, they, they stopped the game to have a celebration at that point, I'm McGuire and, gives. Um, uh, we might watch a McGuire clip uh, next week. The, McGuire gives a speech after it's the home run during the game. He has a mic on the yes. field and gives a speech. Like they used to do this. Yeah. I don't. They he don't has to do hug it his much. Son, he has to go to the, yes. the sideline to hug the Maris. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like but McGuire yeah. literally gives a speech to the crowd at Bush Stadium. Um. So I think it was he had it at home. The idea of Chris Berman doing like uh the main game is pretty funny too. But I guess he was their main announcer in the mid-90s for baseball. Every pitch, there's about, mm, I think, 4,000 flashbulbs. That's, that's conservative, isn't it, Buck? I think so. you got to really be focused to concentrate with all those bulbs popping around you. But he goes to the plate with a definite game plan, and he'll stick to it. He doesn't deviate very often. It's also impressive. It's the only time in Berman's career that he shuts up. Like he pulls the Joe Buck or Jack Buck and lets it sit. I guess it's an okay call, but Berman's voice goes up like 50 octaves. What do you think? The guy they cut to, is that Lou Gehrig's grandson or something? I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I guess he wouldn't probably wouldn't have had any, any living kids, Lou Gehrig, by 95. But yeah, it was a big, it was a big deal. Cal Ripken. I like that call, I remember. And then let's go to boxing. We have a lot of combat sports stuff. I don't think there's any UFC clips. If there's an incredible UFC, I can't imagine like Joe Rogan drops like an amazing UFC call. But if there is one, then I do have one spot that could be that could be like a, a A and a B. Yeah. So again, to me, that's a famous moment, not a famous call. And this next one is even more so. This next one is one of the most famous sports moments, and the call is like shockingly bad. And I think part of the reason is it was a nobody announcer because it was not expected. Yes. That this was going to happen. Yeah, and where is it? It's it's uh, in Japan. It's in the Tokyo Dome. Like, no real announcers, yeah. you know, is going there in, in 1989. Tell me when to press play. Yeah, okay. Are we going to say what it is or no? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, so it's Mike Tyson versus Buster Douglas, 1989, uh, 1990, excuse me, February 1990, uh, in the Tokyo Dome. Um, I don't know how much I remembered about Tyson. I'm only six and a half at this point. Uh, you know, one of the weird things is like you, a lot of people our age found out what rape was from Mike Tyson, right? That was every day on Sports Center for several years. Uh, the, the his rape case, and it's like you know, my parents or my parents' friends are like, why do they keep talking about rape on Sports Center? I want to see like the Spurs, you know, Blazers highlight. Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, Mike Tyson's legacy, I guess. That and the Hangover. <laughs> All right, so Tyson against Douglas. Uh, this is what round is this? Uh, it's this, round? the tenth round. Uh, Douglas is a forty-two, forty-two to one underdog, and there's only two people in the fight. It's not like a horse race, so it's and a forty-two to one, forty. That was like a, a couple of books 
where they actually had it. In most books, it, w- it wasn't even available to bet. Yeah, you probably couldn't bet it. And it might have been a max because, yeah. like, 42 to 1 is always a stupid. Like, and he could lose yeah, on a, on yeah, a technicality. $10,000 on that. Yeah, you could lose yeah. on a technicality at 42 to 1. Like, that's actually yeah. a great bet, even if he has no chance. Yeah. So, tell- All right, so uh, l- let's cut into the uh, 10th round. Here. Okay. One-eyed fighter. <laughs> Brawling willingly just to try to get in the shot that will finish things. Like it wasn't one fluke punch. Uppercut by Douglas and down goes Tyson. And Tyson was like untouchable before this. It's over. Mike Tyson has been knocked out. Unbelievable. This makes Cinderella look like a sad story, what Buster Douglas has done here tonight. Let's go ahead and call it the biggest upset in the history of heavyweight championship fights. Say it now, gentlemen. James Buster Douglas, undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. I would be willing to say it's the greatest upset in boxing history. There seems to be a little pandemonium here. In Las Vegas, they wouldn't even put up any odds on this fight. Oh, yeah. So the, so you said it's underwhelming because I sent a clip and you said, no, I have a better clip. It's different announcers. That's why. I have a much better call for this. You're a dope. Yeah. Well, hold on. So the clip that you sent me was not like the actual clip. It was like a later, like they had like this like stirring music in the background. It was like a movie clip version. Yeah, but it's the, it's still the same one. It's I, I believe it's just the other announcers. Yes, it was like that, but that's why it was the only one I could fi- I find. Yeah. So it's not a good it's not a good call. No, but the other call is a much way. better call. Can we at least play the other right. call? But I ch- ugh, I got to go find it yeah, now. Yeah, you got to go find it cuz you're an idiot who who switched the announcers. That guy doesn't even speak. Of course right. that's a terrible call. <laughs> yep. All right. Okay, fine. No, right, I, we'll give you a chance. And I agree. I agree that it, it, it's awkward because this is It, this is a much better call. 
You think this was like dubbed in after? I mean, listen to the stirring music. Of course, this is not what we heard when we were watching it live. No, the the music is put in every every highlight clip. Alex ha- in on YouTube has annoying music that you don't want over the announcers. That that's not the telecast. Nobody's saying that. It's really a yeah, but the whole point of the whole point of this this series is the top fifty telecast moments. I agree, I agree, but I couldn't find I couldn't find the better clip of it. Well, I found the whole fight on YouTube, but you're saying it's the wrong announcer. So. There's, I think, there, maybe that's like the international feed, yeah, because that guy doesn't speak on the on the feed you played. It's really an unbelievable Whatever. series of punches. Like, t- it's not a fluke win. I, I gotta say, th- this is an underwhelming series of ten to me. None of these are like amazing to me. Okay, I'm gonna call my shot. Other than gets by Buckner, gets by Buckner is you know obviously a big deal. I'm gonna call my shot. Maybe like thirty to twenty eight next week will be meh. By the time we get okay. into the lower twenties, it's there's not one that's not gold. I got some surprises in the top twenty, but they're all good. There's not another bad one left. It's it's only gold okay. once we get to like twenty five, twenty four. All right, so All right. I, I will keep an open mind. Bunch. Yes. All right, so uh, what else? This is um, anything you want to talk about for a minute? Uh, we're recording another podcast. We're recording a live podcast in about twenty minutes. Yeah, we're going to try doing a live podcast. It might not even end up being a podcast. Who knows what uh, you know? What 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 the quality will be? Yeah, we're trying. So we're trying to do things. We're trying new know. things. Yeah, listen, we got to spice I up our say, marriage. Uh, after. Yeah, yeah. We're trying. We got to try some. Um, so you know what they're doing? They're opening up school here next week. Isn't that insane for K through yeah, three? Yeah, masks and stuff. How the hell are you gonna have kids keeping masks on? It seems crazy. I might something even have to wear a mask out because he's six, so he's gonna have to wear a mask in school. I don't think so. I think he. I think you have to be well, seven uh, to wear a mask. Aren't those the kids who are like who are like the biggest carriers? Well, we don't know that. No, we're not sure if if kids are big spreaders. We don't think. I. I mean, I don't know. Your wife's a doctor, but I. I don't think there's data that says that that's true. There was a lot of noise out of China at the beginning. That that kids can't give it to parents. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, oh. It doesn't seem like kids are super spreaders, but who knows? We don't know anything. Every single thing we think we know now, when this is all said and done, we will realize was completely wrong. And like the answer was right out there. Like either you know, complete whatever. Anything we're doing is either going to be one hundred percent right or one hundred percent wrong, and we won't find out till it's too late. But obviously, we're not said. Would you, if 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 like New Jersey said, all right, it's we're we're sending first and second graders back to school. Would you send your kid to school in kindergarten next week? But I mean, it's it's an impossible hypothetical. I mean, it's not impossible. You know, like we're it, doing it. It's I mean, we're I guess we're doing better yeah, than you. You guys but, are in a much better situation. But there's still a lot of cases. Much stricter rules. Yeah. for two months. Yeah, already. but there's still a lot of cases for strict rules. Which shows you uh, like way less than we have in New Jersey. Way less, way less. Well, you, you it, it, we're in a similar sized place, and you know we have like less than ten percent of the deaths that you guys have in almost the exact same population. And you're, I think, even more densely populated, if I'm not mistaken. Certainly, the big cities in Newark are extremely densely populated. But uh, yeah, uh, that's that's it. Anything else? Are you going to cut out your son's prune stuff from the podcast? Uh, well, yeah. Do people need to listen to me going to get poops yeah. for my son so he can poop? I yeah. Don't think they well, there's that. a lot of poop talk in the background. You should probably cut that out. It was funny. Yeah, uh, I'll cut that out. Um, the poop talk stays right in the foreground of this podcast. I, I'll say this. I'll say this. People mad at Chester. I did get a message from two different people about the Family Feud question. Said, Why are people mad at me? Well, people were mad about the. the some people were mad uh, on the podcast about the questions you you selected. Yeah, but the crowd seemed decidedly on my side. From what you know, I don't think. I no, I don't think that's true. But I'll say this. I I got two messages. I, mean, I got two messages. So here's what so he, he, here's what I know. People were definitely mad. I saw a lot of messages that said Chester was the worst host in Family Feud history. I did see a lot of that, positivity and negativity. Yeah. But people were mad about the questions you picked. 
uh, and that you changed the rules for for, well, for mean, fast you, money. In, in our in our patron group, it was like ninety ten the other way. Yeah, but now, you're there. You know, that's obviously a different market. You're there. Wait, but I'm going to say this. People said. Yeah, but but that's what I'm there. But but you're talking about a crowd who's all like a Kiva superstar. No, so, no, you know, but I had no problem today's, with today's Friday. Then all of a sudden, everybody's switching their calendars. There's very few Akiva, there's very few Akiva superstands out there. I wish there was one. I wish there was one in this house. I wish there was one Akiva superstand in this whole. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I don't even have a, a Akiva casual in here. I'll say this: People messaged me and said, "Why are Why are you mad at Chester? I took the quiz, and all the questions were like that. All of them would have had an advantage to the first of all." So is that I don't true? Need to throw anyone else the bus. I didn't write the question. No, I, I made that clear. And but I I thought yeah. that it was your fault. But now people are messaging and saying that you that all the questions were were like that. I think I need to see the questions. And if we ever do this again, we could just easily get yeah, new. By questions. By the way, they, they weren't. These people are wrong. The questions were totally generic, and that's why they were worthless. Because what's the point of having totally generic questions and wasting time serving them in the hours? Because the 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 interest part, the interesting part, is the people, Alex. It's the the friends Which you people? made along the way. The we had an all star crew. And some no, of them I, didn't I, listen to the podcast. Akiva, okay, you're not listening to me. Yeah. What was the point of the hours and hours and hours spent collecting questions, collecting answers, collating the answers? You can go on FamilyFeud.com and pull that right there. If all you want is to hear generic questions and answers discussed by people from the Renab universe. Uh, fair point. Why did we make our own questions and answers? Fair point. And because Rob, want, wanted, Rob wanted that to happen. So it had a relationship yeah. to these people Ro- in some way. Rob wanted that to happen. So as usual, he ended up being right there. But... Wait, no, he ended up being wrong. I, th- I think you're totally mi- – okay, I haven't seen the whole crowd, granted, but from, from what I've seen on Twitter and from what I've seen people copying – Do you think Donald Trump also thinks he from- has like a 97% approval rating? Akiva, the people – okay, maybe people just aren't tagging me. The people – and that's entirely – by the way, one person tagged me. Actually, I was about to complain to you, but I'm going to call him out on the podcast. Some asshole named Mark just – he tweets at Stephen Fishback. Loved hearing you on Renap and would love to have you back. I'm sorry that at HS99 made your first appearance on the pod so convoluted. He's the first person who's been negative against me. Well, how about this? You should look like, – you're not tagged in the original who is tweet. This asshole? Why are you calling me out by name? Like, these are well, the people just... who, like, went, like, who like tweet like when one person criticizes someone else and like, they bring their name in on Twitter. Like, why are you doing that? You don't like how I did? Okay, fine. Fuck you. I don't care. Well, like, hold on. Like, now you're going. Name? Now you're going after individual listeners by name. That's crazy. <laughs> um, but I'll say this: He did it to me first. No, but uh, honestly, I really don't care. But he was the first person I've seen who was on your side of the I case, maybe slash... maybe like search the hashtag Renap because you're not tagged in the original podcast tweet and see. Yeah, it. so I guess the people tagging me are the people like me, which which or liked the job I did, which is fair. yeah. You shouldn't snitch people, tag you know, if, are... if there's a bad host to Family Feud. Yeah, well, Mark snitch tagged me, and it's like I don't need this. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's a big yeah. fan. Yeah, but look, I mean, I know because I know how you work and like I know my role on the podcast. No matter what I'd done, I was getting dunked on. So if I had brought in totally generic questions, you and Rob would have been yelling at me, what the hell is this? This is nothing to do with Renap. Why are you wasting our time? You could have just pulled questions from the website. Like, no matter what I did, I was going to lose. And I knew that, and I'm fine with that. And, you know, that's the fun. So, you know, I, look, I, I have a wife. I mean, I'm used to that. You know, no matter what I do, I lose. I, I understand. How I think on the TV theme song podcast, you were you were the voice of reason, people thought. I don't think you were you were the heel there. The listeners did, but you guys were bashing me the whole time and criticizing me. Why did you make these selections? And I kept on explaining, I didn't make them. This was Yeah, you made bad selections, but people were on your side in the end, more than me and Rob. But this time, well, that's not again, the case. That, I, you know, you put a survey on your Twitter. Post. The decision to include questions that, that exclude multiple people okay, from the podcast there were no, there were is no insane. There were, as insane. As I kept saying, there was not a single Renap specific question at all. There was a couple of Renap specific answers. No, Ali Lesher was the most anti what you were doing of all nine people on the podcast. But she kept pointing out none of the questions were Renap specific. The answers. The answers well, Kaya. Yes. Kaya said. Oh well, there's an objective person when it comes to me. <laughs> Kaya said you should have. Oh, she was loving it when when Wiggler was tweeting anti Chester stuff. 
the yeah wait he was tweeting it also well what did he tweet tweeted oh no see so you not like literal but he was joking around he said you're his ops you didn't see this oh no oh he was saying i, I don't follow any of these Renat people on twitter so i don't know what's going on behind my back if they're unless find your back Mark i mean tw- snitch tag yeah me. so <laughs> I, here's what i think she said she me? said you should have taken out the these the answers that were too podcast specific but but that's what the whole point of Renap is the navel gazing. The whole the, the whole reason people love Renap is the absurdity of Yeah, but that's fine. Then we could have had then we could have had like all the insiders on and had a great time with the podcast. The best person the, the person who got the most points before Fast Money by far was Stephen Fishbach. So what what are you talking about? Who knew nothing about anything? Yeah, but we had to guess like the stupid ones for him to get the you know, like uh, again, there the were shoelaces, which was top answer for that one, 32 points. The, the, the shoelace one, well, yeah, the shoelace one blew Bryce's yeah, mind. That, like, he was thinking, yes, like, of course. who is this person who can't yes. tie their shoes? Like, yes, I agree. Uh, that, that, that was the one that it, set you guys it off. It literally exploded his mind because then he had to assume, like, specific. Yeah, yeah. The only other king one of the mats, the whole king of the mats. Pointer. So it's meaningless. No, there was multiple Matt Hoffman, Matt Liguori. Those are both Renap. That's nothing to do with Renap. What are you talking about? Oh, you mean those people have never been mentioned on Renap? I don't even know who they are. Matt Lagori is was the guy who was on the Jersey Shore podcast. You messaged me, said, "Wow, he did such a great job." Oh, I did. Yeah, oh. and then he so but then he heard you. Famous, he's not famous for that. He's famous for didn't he win a whole season of Survivor? No, Matt Lagori did not win a season of Survivor. He's one of like the me's in the you know he's on podcasts and stuff. I thought Matt Lagori was on Survivor. I thought he won Survivor. I thought that's the whole point. No, no, there was a, there was a Big Brother guy. No, no, Matt Lagori did not win Survivor. Oh. Is Matt Hoffman? Did he win? He was on Big Brother and he didn't win. There's no. I don't think there's ever been a Matt. Matt Lagory was never on Survivor. No, that's what we're saying. That we were tweeting at we were tweeting at each other back and forth. I said I look forward to your season. His profile says he's like Survivor something champion. No, no, you're you're mixing him up with something totally different. I don't even know what the hell you're talking. Lagory, the guy who I said on Renap, I didn't know who he was. He tweeted at me. I have to go and look at my Yeah, we're going to look at here. And we got to go in a minute and set up for the next podcast. Yeah. But anyway, I think you're a crazy um, person. Yeah. What are you talking about? Hold on. Let's go look here. Go find my Twitter uh, conversation with Matt Lagory. He said, why well, do you not know who I am? Uh, he didn't say that in those words. He, and, he's, and, he, and then I said, hey, sorry, I've never listened to Survivor, watched Survivor until season Amazon. But when I, And then I clicked on him. I saw his name. His profile said something like Survivor Champion, doesn't it? What, what does it say on his Twitter profile? Okay, so Matt Lagory tweeted at you and said, ouch. And then you said, yeah. oh, no, sorry, I'd never. Wait, hold on. I, I, I said that first. I clicked on his name to see who he was. What's his pro- Twitter profile say? Snakes, rats, and tweets, Survivor the Challenge. That's what he t- podcasts and blogs about, Survivor the Challenge and Glee. Oh, I thought it said Survivor Champion. Oh, it said Survivor the Challenge. So, oh, no, sorry, I'd never seen Survivor until I just watched Amazon the last couple weeks. I'm learning. I'm sure you replaced Von Erdfeld as King of the Mets. So you thought, oh, and then he he played with it and said, you'll love my season someday. He, <laughs> I thought he was being serious and sincere. I thought he's like some Survivor guy. He's uh, he's he's like the RHP blogger, and he has does podcasts. Oh, okay. But, it's, but again, that's not Renap. That's Rahap. Yeah, but 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 not everyone knows RHAP. Like Stephen is on it, but he doesn't know who Matt Lagoria is necessarily, or Bryce doesn't know. Who, I mean, maybe they do. Well, but neither like, do I, apparently. Yeah, so okay. that's what I'm saying. Is an insane and Missy doesn't. Missy doesn't but watch I these know who shows. Were. I, you don't again, know Missy. Again, I, but that's why I told you. Me. That's why I told you. Hold on a second. No institutional Akiva, knowledge of Renat. A generic Family Feud question, like name the best show on TV. It would have been seventy five percent for Survivor because, like, the, again, if you didn't want it to be, I agree. That's why you can't. Can't ask that question. Don't survey Rahab. I agree. That's why you, you can't answer. To do. So ask what is your favorite color? 
that ask questions like that that will have no impact on the, on the very focused Again, then user why? group. Then why are we asking the questions? Because, why the, because it's there. And the, and the consultant waste so because many hours doing that. Because it's there. Because there's no reason... I, I also because a lot of like like Nicole's a big Family Feud fan. She might have seen every episode. I don't have to defend this. My perspective is that the majority was on my side. Again, that's related to people in the Patreon WhatsApp group and people mes- mentioning my name on Twitter. So if I'm very wrong, if you're listening to this and you think that I did a terrible job, can I can I can I do a poll? Can I do a poll on my Twitter? Or, or is that too inside yeah, baseball? I mean, again, I'm going to lose any poll on your Twitter, but that's fine. It's your Twitter. Fellas. I lose Twitter, a lot of polls fine. on my Twitter. Did Alex Chester do a good job as host of what? You could phrase the question. Did Alex Chester do a good no, job as host of Family? Now I will say the the PowerPoint was good. I, you're very good at the math, like that. Yeah. So I I do think well, I picked apparently not so good at the math. Yeah, I, but I do think I picked the right person. I just need like seven babysitters for you, which I tried. Even your you you were even like, hey, I want to just show them to somebody so I did, again. Again, to be clear, I did not write the questions, and and also the uh, let me point something else out just for the record. Yeah. The biggest problem, and I, I did mention this at the top of the podcast, it's so hard to write a good family feud question. Yeah, that's interesting. Because but we had 25 for that reason. So diffu- the answers are so diffused. We had 28 questions. Mm-hmm. For more than half of them, no answer had more than 10% of the vote. Wow. So you can't say top 17 answers on yeah, the board. Yeah, so then we're asking bad questions. Nine, eight, then we're not points. asking the right questions if, if you're not at 10, higher than 10%. Because there's never been... Well, I'm not throwing anyone under the bus, but I, I, I added a couple questions, but the majority of the questions were not written by Yeah, there was, there's so. never been a family feud regular question in the history of the show that I've seen that the winning answer has, Akiva, has 10. you're missing the point. How many family feud questions do you think there are asked in order to get to the ones that are on the show? I agree. I agree. So next time we have to That's ask 50 so questions. So we had 28 and we picked the best four. Okay. And they, to pick the best four every week, probably have 500. You're probably and right. by the way, also, now we know. they definitely manipulate the numbers. Because at a few points I thought about doing that, but because I'm such a stickler, I wouldn't allow myself to do so. Yeah. Such a stickler, except you changed six different rules during during the... <laughs> the show to make it more no, but 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 I won't but I won't mess with 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 the data itself, right? Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, I, I just want to say the dumbest people, and I know I'm calling out listeners, but I've already been doing that, so you know whatever. I'm ruining my uh, my approval. Your pristine right reputation. Are the people? One of the questions was, "What's on the um, Mount Rushmore?" Did we do that question? No, I don't think so. Mount Rushmore was, of what? Um, it was oh 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 well okay. I'm gonna ruin this question for you. It's who's on the Mount Rushmore of of TV pets? That's a good question. No, it's not because no answer had more than ten points. Yeah, but that is a good. It's just it's not a good family feud question, but it is a fun question to well, discuss. Well, yeah, it was a great question. And I thought I was definitely going to use that one, except unfortunately the answer is way too. It's diffused. too hard. It's too hard. But anyways, a bunch of people. We so we had three hundred and nine people fill this out. At least twenty of those people wrote in four different names, like four different people yeah. for the Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. That's tough. So I counted all four. So with that one, actually, the vote was a little bit higher than 308. But um, like, how do they think this works? Like, each of the four top four groupings of four on the board, like they think someone's going to give the exact same four as them. You, you give one answer, boys. And yeah. Girls. Anyway, but listen, honestly, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was um, fun. I, I like coming on Renap and getting dunked on. I know that's what's going to happen. Yeah. But, um, but you're claiming that it was actually merited dunking and not just you know for fun against Chester. Um, yeah, you started a fight uh, with you started a fight with Wiggler. Or you got into a fight. Wiggler started. You got into a fight with Wiggler. You guys got into a fight. He was still. You don't have no. You know what's interesting about you? You don't get mad, so you don't realize when people are mad at you because you've never like I'll like you know will like we used to get into huge fights on this podcast and you were never like mad at me and like I'm not speaking to you for a few days afterwards. Never once. Which I'm saying something nice about you, but the alternative Mm -hmm. is you don't know when you're upsetting people because you don't even realize that you're upsetting people because you're like oh this wouldn't upset me so I'm this this can't upset them. That's how you think, I, I think. 
but hold on. Josh Josh was wrong. Even so, Josh is was upset that the question about what would an average thirty six year old college educated man not know how to do. I think that question was written by me, by the way. So so that one is all on me. But um, Josh was mad that you got to answer that question. But that's Josh's team's fault. Yeah, no, 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 I agree. Guys, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And by the way, the best the best strategy in the game was to uh to let the, to to defer every time. Yeah, because if the there's seven answers, it's so hard. Answer. It's so hard. Yeah, and and you get two chances answers, again. I try to narrow it down as much as possible. The ones with the fewest answers were the ones that were unusable. By the way, like because they were too specific. Like one of them was on a scale of one to ten, one being Scott Stapp from uh, <laughs> from Creed, and ten being um, what's the lead singer from Sonic Youth? I forgot his name. Uh, Jeff. Uh, I forget. Um, Kim Gordon. Yeah. Okay. So it was on a scale of one to ten, one being Scott Stapp from Creed, and ten being Kim Gordon uh, from Sonic Youth. How cool is Akiva? <laughs> so that one was very Renab specific. Do you want to guess the the top answers? By the way, for that one, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the the top ones are one and ten because those are the extremes. Yeah, uh, not even close. Yeah, so P- that's a, it's a stupid seriously. question. Oh, that's not it. Yeah, well, the reason it's a stupid that's question seven. is because, because as a- my consultant pointed out to me, is because it's just you're totally randomly guessing. The top three answers were seven, four, and eight. Yeah, I did guess seven. So. So that's ungettable. Those are just random numbers. I kind of like that question. <laughs> just about anybody. <laughs> it's like how cool is that person? Any sort of one than ten. But all 10 probably had, had like, were there 10 numbers on the board? You only put the top seven maybe on the board. No, I only put those three on the board, actually, because I was trying to have questions where there's only three or four answers on the board, so they wouldn't all have seven. So for that one, I was only going to do seven. Interesting. Okay. All right, let's let's go. Yeah. This was a little fun behind the scenes. Okay. All right, I will talk to you again in one minute on another podcast. Bye. Bye.
Jésus fou. 